The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. After a year of good grief, I'm still so excited to be having these conversations every week. I'm looking forward to my second year with lots of ideas and energy to bring. I hope as we develop as a community, because we are a community even though we're not looking at each other, you continue to let me know what moves you, what you want more of, how I can support the changing conversation about loss. Today my guest is Kate Munger. Kate has devoted herself to creating creating non-hierarchical collaborative models for singing, community building, and fellowship for over 40 years. In the year 2000, she founded the first of over 130 Threshold Choirs worldwide. Threshold Choirs are singing tribes. For those of us who love choral singing, uh, yes, I've got my hand up right now, and want to offer it in service, and those of us who are called to sing at the bedsides of people who are dying in coma, newborns, and folks who are incarcerated. You can find out more about the Threshold Choirs at thresholdchoirs.org, and you can reach Kate at kateamunger at gmail.com. I'm so excited to have you here, Kate. Welcome. Thank you, Cheryl. I'm really delighted to be with you and with your listeners this afternoon. Thanks. I, you know, I'm also grateful that the power hasn't failed. Me too. Uh, something seems perfect about the intense weather uh, that you especially were having. We were having it somewhere I am. We're maybe, what, an hour and a half apart. But it seems like it was really intense where you were. So I feel we're, we're uh, at, the, at the doorway somehow with that intense weather. May it be so. You know, I, I, you were reading me that beautiful co- quote before we went on air, and I think that would be such an amazing way to start. Would you share that with the listeners? I will. It's a roomy quote. At the end of my life, with just one breath left, if you come, I'll sit up and sing. That, that just gives me goosebumps. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> It sort of encapsulates um, what our work looks and feels like um, because so often the time for words and the time for conversations at the end of life is over and it's the time for breathing together, singing together, humming together, the the wordless... Um, Wordless ways of forgiveness. 
I was thinking uh, just earlier today as I, you know, when I'm having someone on, I find I enter their world in a, in a way or uh, enter the part of my world that connects. And I was remembering that when my wife died, she was in a coma for uh, about 10 days before she died. And a few days into it, I realized I wasn't talking to her anymore. I had given up talking entirely. And everything that I said, I sang. Hmm. And and it happened very unconsciously or subconsciously, uh, but when I realized it, it felt right. Um, I don't know if anyone else has had that experience, but it was quite profound. Uh, well, our experience is that people who are in coma are um, very open, often, uh, to being sung to. Um, being communicated with, and that it's our job as as the caregivers to bring our attention to levels of finesse and, and delicacy to be able to monitor reactions because so often people in coma are, we find out that they are hearing and receiving and appreciating uh, contact, and it's they're just not able to let us know that. So we always assume that someone in coma is there and ready and and able to receive what we are offering, um, and then really try to refine our abilities to note uh, responses. That's very interesting to me because the other thing I noticed, uh, she had, um, uh, you know, cognitive difficulties at the end of her life. And what I noticed is when she went into coma, I felt we were, I suddenly felt we were communicating better. Isn't that interesting? Um, so I, that, that resonates with me, what you're saying, that mm -hmm. there's some other place she was in which we could make a lot of contact in ways we maybe hadn't been a little bit in the few weeks before that. Right. So that's, that, that fits in my conception as well. Good. Good. It's, it sounds as if you were singing for decades before you came to this work, and I, I wonder if you could talk just a little bit about song in your life in general, because it, it appeared to me in just you know looking at your website and and kind of getting to know you that uh, that has been pretty central all the way along. It definitely has, Cheryl. From from what I understand, my mother, um, <clears throat> as a twenty one year old, was offered an opportunity to join the Robert Shaw Traveling Chorale, or not, and stay home and get pregnant and have me and she chose the latter um so that tells you that she was you know a devoted singer um all of her life <clears throat> excuse me and she passed that on to me and my siblings um and sang to us each uh every night sang lullabies uh to one of us at a time in succession so i was the last i'm being the oldest and i heard her coming down you know, through the bedrooms of my younger siblings until she got to me. And I sang all through high school and college. And 
mid-20s, I started uh, falling in love with round singing and part singing and a cappella singing um, that I think most people would call community singing. Pete Seeger was a very formative influence on me, and I um, love the feeling of a group of people growing into a tribe because they know the same songs. Mm. So I started probably 30 years ago leading sings, uh, evening sings, excuse me, on the full moon in my community and on other days of the month in other surrounding communities, um, outside in the summertime, inside when the weather was bad, and developed... um, Real tradition of choral singing, mostly rounds, um, uh, mostly singing without music, um, except when the songs got complicated. And it was out of that that the recognition of this very special, specific kind of singing emerged uh, in the year 2000. Mm. I'd like to give the listeners a little sense of the sound of of some of the songs you do. Uh, let's let's share. You are not alone. I I've uh, just picked a small portion to give people an idea. Um, but uh, is there anything you want to say about that song in particular, or should we just go ahead with it? I would like to say something. Um, this song. I can't quite remember the circumstances in, during which I wrote it, but what I love about it is often this is as the lyrics of this song are as much as we can honestly bring to a bedside. Um, the lyrics are, you are not alone, I am here beside you. And um, when we come to a bedside, we try to know very little about the medical situation. Um, so we're not... We're not singing with an agenda, with an intention to change what, whatever exists, but to comfort and to help the person who's invited us to come and sing for them and their family and their caregivers, help them feel connected, help them feel surrounded and supported. Great. Let's listen. You are not alone. You are not alone, I am here beside you, you are not alone, I am here now, you are not alone, I am here beside That's just, you know, a part of it, but uh, it, it really captured for me the way that uh, the singing kind of opens into a full, deep, 
resonance together. Right. We start often with one voice, one solo voice, and then gradually layer in um, the unison singing, which really is what we consider our best gift, the blend of the voices where they were three or four voices all sound like one is what we consider the magic that delivers our best gift at a bedside. And then if if the patient, if the client, we call them clients more than patients, um, you know, if, if they're receptive, then we move into more harmonies and we sing, you know, these songs are short and repetitive often and we can sing them for many, many iterations, many repetitions. You know, in a completely different way, I'm, I'm part of a gospel choir, and mm-hmm. that uh, is completely different, of course, in terms of form and, and um, a different energy, and yet the repetition is very much a part of it. It sure is. Um, so I think there's something about a repeating sound uh, putting us together. Mm-hmm. That that's quite deep to me, and and I feel in your music as well. You know, I think it. There's a, a picture of repetition, and then there's a picture that if you add another dimension, it becomes a spiral. And I mm-hmm. think that's what we're what we're commenting on, both of us. That mm-hmm. it, it is repetition, but there's movement, so that it's kind of a spiral shape. It, yes, it's not a it's not a strict repetition. There's something added each time. Yeah, uh, either an intensity or sound or or whatever. And the other thing I felt is that uh, were I singing that song, I would also feel that I was not alone. Well, the second verse is "I am not alone. You are here beside me." <laughs> and the third verse is "We are not alone. We are here together." So yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's absolutely true, and we know more than a lot of caregivers. I think that when the relationship between person in the bedside and and a, and someone offering a service, when it's a relationship, and when um, the the healing is simultaneous for all involved, simultaneous and equal for all involved. Then we've embarked on an entirely new experience that doesn't really bear much resemblance to what the kind of service that I was brought up to offer. Um, you know, it's a it's a revolution, I think, in in the concept of offering service. There's that, and also uh, I, I'm thinking about what often happens when people are dying. That there's a sense of um, being suddenly dropped uh, by the medical people you've been with, by maybe even by people that you were previously close to, uh, and and that the idea of someone you don't know coming closer seems like such a uh, such a healing balm for that kind of phenomenon. I agree, and and part of our mission is to help caregivers and family members to to use this model of how to be with someone who is dying rather than scurrying around and making tuna casserole with <clears throat> potato chips crumbled on top and, you know, cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. <laughs> um, uh-huh. 
to invite family members to come and simply sit and breathe and hum or sing a favorite family song um, by the bedside of their loved one, it's kind of um, a big change for a lot of families. When when there's so much chaos and there's so much unknown and there's so much challenge that to bring it to remind them that the very simplest act of sitting, listening, breathing, humming is is closer to where that person might be than all the scurrying. Well, the other thing that that, that makes me think of is that you've offered them something that they can that they can do so it takes care of that intense desire to be able to do something. Correct. And and yet they they are actually most primarily sitting. Well, and they're being as opposed to doing. You know, mm-hmm. the, the line blurs there um, after a while. Yeah, I, I remember going through both the scurry periods with my wife's illness and ultimately a lot of being. Yeah. A lot of just hanging around, which yep. uh, is a beautiful thing once you surrender to it, for right. sure. So right. that's a, a wonderful encouragement. So you you t- you come in with, I'm assuming, a repertoire of songs. We have a very large and comprehensive re- repertoire. It's one of the things of which I'm the most proud. Um, at least half of our songs at this point, probably 200 songs, have been written by choir members after the experience of singing at a bedside where an inspiration came to them or they needed a, some lyrics that, that didn't exist before, so they wrote something. Um, our repertoire is extraordinary and mostly written by people who've never written songs before. Hmm. And, the, and I imagine that's invited, too, by not feeling you have to have, uh, you know, tons of lyrics Correct. Uh, yeah, the simpler the, the, songs are really the best ones for this application. And also sometimes songs that the person themselves might be connected to? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question that we don't have an answer for. I think some people are um, possibly disturbed and upset by familiar songs mm-hmm. or distracted from their work, which is... Um, different than work they've ever done before. Absolutely. And then uh, some people are comforted deeply by hymns or songs that they remember from their childhood. Um, so we have to really exercise a lot of intuition and good judgment um, because we were prepared to offer each um, and, and do. do and we often offer both. So you have to kind of stay present. Yeah. It's already time for a break. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it went very fast. Listeners, get in touch with me on my host page, goodgrief at voiceamerica.com. There are links to all my social media there and all my previous interviews. You can listen to any of them. And to be in touch with Kate, go to thresholdchoirs.org or write to her at kateamonger at gmail.com. We'll be right back. Your health, your network. 
You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Real Life Solutions. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. I'm Cheryl Jones. My guest today is Kate Munger, the founder of the Threshold Choirs, whose members sing at the bedside of those who are dying in coma, babies, and those who are incarcerated. And we were talking during the break, Kate, about just how wonderful it is. You know, I was talking about losing my mother recently and how wonderful it is to be in the company of people who are comfortable with talking about being with death, um, and you expressed some agreement with that. I did, and to me it's an honor to walk with, you know, 1,500 choir members around the world, all of whom have acknowledged to themselves and to each other that we are going to die, and that we are going to, in, in every way we can, let that information, that reality, enhance our lives while we're living. And um, you can imagine that the quality of people that I get to sing with around the world is extraordinary, deep, great perspectives, um, you know, wonderful gurus that I get to uh, sing with and walk through this experience with. I, I'm, I imagine it as uh, very, very similar to the way I feel about my guests. I bet. I bet. <laughs> so that's, that's very familiar to me. Yeah. Um, 
I would like to share another clip of music. Um, it's such beautiful music. I'm glad we ha- can play some of it. And also, feel free to sing at any moment you'd like. Okay, thank <laughs> That's, you. You're I absolutely will, welcome. I like would tell your listeners that um, the CD, Walking Each Other Home, is about to uh, be available. It's our third and um, probably the truest sound to what we sound like at a bedside. Uh, it was recorded last May by eight of us, um, and again, all all original songs written by choir members, many of whom were the singers on the album. Um, and I'm happy to uh, direct your listeners to inf- more information about this CD. Can they can they get more information at the two places I mentioned? At uh, our website, the- absolutely. Great. Um, so I'm going. We're going to listen to the beloved now. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything you'd like to say about that, or should we just listen? This is a quote from Hafiz, and um, the the very simplest language. And I have to appreciate Daniel Adinsky for his uh, generosity in letting me use this quote. I notice in the music that there's a very, uh, I, I guess I want to call it an open chording. Uh, in both of the things we've listened to, uh, maybe, not, you know, not just, uh, I don't know, um, thirds, but <laughs> there, there's a wider spacing of the notes that I find very beautiful. Thank you. What we're striving for is music that's, interesting for us to be singing, yet simple, <clears throat> because so often at end of life, all that, all the need for fanciness has gone, and we're, we're operating so close in to what's absolutely essential, that, that fancy stuff, frills, you know, just don't have a place um, in, in, in our music. And I hope your listeners uh, can tell that our work is really non-sectarian. We honor all uh, religious directions, and our primary goal is to offer people who are deeply spiritual but not necessarily religious a kind of music that honors that non-religious orientation. So a lot of our songs um, would work with almost any uh, any person who's facing their death. I did hear that. And also, though, I was reminded uh, when my wife was at the end of her illness, uh, she listened to this uh, CD over and over and over and over again of, um, I'm pretty sure it was Franciscan monks mm-hmm. uh, chanting. Mm-hmm. And it had a very similar feeling. 
mm-hmm. uh, to what I'm listening to with you. There's a very, very meditative quality as well. Do people listen to the songs uh, for, you know, meditative kind of reasons? I bet they do. I bet they do. You know, the re- repetition and the short shortness and the simple, um, you know, basic uh, elemental lyrics, I think, are an adjunct to any spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. I was also very moved, Kate, by, uh, I, I read uh, the, uh, I guess it was the historical, the history of the Threshold Choirs, mm-hmm. and one paragraph uh, about how you came to found the choir especially moved me, and I'd like to just read it so the listeners can hear, and then we can talk about it. Sure. The seed for the Threshold Choir was planted in June of 1990 when I sang for my friend Larry as he lay in a coma dying of HIV AIDS. I did housework all morning and was terrified when the time came to sit by his bedside. I did what I always did when I was afraid. I sang the song that gave me courage. I sang it for two and a half hours. It comforted me, which comforted him. The contrast between the morning and the afternoon was profound. I felt as if I had given generously of my essence to my dear friend while I sang to him. I also found that I felt deeply comforted myself, which in turn was comforting to him. I've had that feeling, and it was so great to read it so clearly uh, expressed. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a profound honor to be invited at, to this amazing time in a human being's life, it's, it's an unspeakable honor. Um, so to be there and to bring uh, that which has been the gift to me to another person, to another human being who wants it, who has asked me for it, it's, it's, uh, I don't know of very many other joys that are that deep. Hmm. And that might surprise people who haven't had that experience. Right. Uh, because, of course, people don't tend to think of that as a joyful time. Right. But, but I, I do so agree with you. Um, I, I think I was telling you earlier that Melanie DeMore came to sing for my mom mm-hmm. the day she died. And what was really incredible to me was that it, uh, my mom could be a little bit uh, reticent to be entirely open. And the songs completely opened her wide. She was just completely present, <laughs> you know. Uh, so beautiful to see. And then she asked for some music from her early life. She was a pianist, and she asked for some piano concertos. So, you know, it's it's amazing what that can open up. Well, and if you're asking for an angel to come to your bedside... And sing you home, and Melanie Demore shows up. You are the most fortunate of human beings, aren't you? Though yeah. <laughs> I, I, I felt so. Uh, I don't know if the listeners have heard Melanie. They could go and listen to my interview with her. It's it's on my uh, host page. But that voice, there's nothing like that voice. There is, and and, and, and so much depth and heart. Yeah, she was the uh, co-producer and choral director of our new CD, 
and we sing one of her songs, and she's on singing as well as conducting us. So she's been a deep friend of the Threshold Choir for 10 years. Yes, I had you suggested to me by more people than any guest ever, I want you to know, <laughs> and she was one of the people. Um, yeah. So I knew I knew knew about that connection that you have. Thank you. Um, and so there's her in particular, which of course was powerful. And then there was the idea that song opens that place. Uh, so uh, it, it was like a key in a lock, open. <laughs> yeah. Well, that I'm actually retiring <clears throat> this month from being the creative director of the Threshold Choir, and. I won't ever retire from being the founder, but I'm moving on to other other realms and bringing song more completely to people who are incarcerated because I think that same place that you're talking about that that freedom that um, that openness can be had can be a, can be created among a tribe of people. No matter whether they are singing on a beach or in a concrete building, that that really touches me because my choir, the Oakland Interfaith Gospel Choir, uh, next year is our yearly sing at the San Francisco County Jail. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite of everything we do. Yeah, because the the group of people sitting in front of us when we begin is not the same group of people who are there when we end. That's right. They've been transformed. It's so clear in that particular setting. So right. I, I know what you mean about that. Let's yeah, let's we've been, go we've ahead. We've been singing at San Quentin now for sixteen months. Um, once a month, a group of about fourteen of us, and it's a, a, tr- a thrilling experience of fellowship and community and. Um, we bring songs to them, and they share songs with us. Um, it's extraordinary. And uh, it, it, that also makes me think of the woman who who does my lead-in music. She uh-huh. works she works with refugee children around the world. Wonderful, bringing song the same kind of, you know, how do you open hearts in the hardest moments and hardest places. Right. M- music is is a key, isn't it? Let's it sure let's is. let's have another clip on that note. Um this one is singing this song. Mm-hmm. Uh you're welcome to share anything you'd like or we can just play that one as well. I would love to tell you about this song. It's one of my favorites. I was uh, privileged to be asked to uh bring singing to uh a circle of young people, teenagers from all over the world, from countries that are experiencing great violence and war. And these kids were brought to the States by the Amala Foundation and given a week of nature, community, fellowship, and fun and safety. Mm. And they began each morning with a sacred fire circle where they sang to each other, read their poetry, read prayers in their native languages. And a young man named Justice from South Africa stood up and said, this song blesses me. And then he sang his song in uh, Zulu. And I borrowed his lyrics, and this is the song that came out of his words of, this song blesses me. Mm. 
That, of course, I had listened to the song preparing for the show, but the story behind it deepens it so much for me. Yeah, yeah. I'd love for to say the words so that your listeners hear. Singing this song blesses me. Singing with you blesses us. My heart is searching for your heart. Your heart is letting me find you. It's so, so beautiful. Thank you. I, I'm crazy about this song. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to be crazy about your, your song, especially, you know, you sing them uh, it, uh, a lot. Yes. And time. there's something about really loving a song, uh, wanting to sing it over and over, that, that over time deepens it. I'm thinking of some songs I've sung, you know, all my life that I have that relationship with. Well, and I love the songs that are about the mystery of singing. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're describing what's happening in the moment. And that song does that for me. So it's, it's happening while you're saying words that are about it happening. Exactly. Mm. Mm, that's beautiful. Um, was, was he in a, uh, you know, what, what was the circumstance that he was so open just that you had been singing together? Because that's a lot to offer, isn't it? It is. It is. He. This was about the fourth day that these kids had been together. And even though he was a young, uh, a young 18 and a small, smallish guy, he had been on one of these weeks before, apparently. So he was, he really knew what was what was happening and was able to really take advantage of it and offer quite a bit himself. He, I've, I've found him uh, by email um, since I've written the song and have sent him the recorded version. And um, you know, I'm just delighted that he knows that we are honoring him and his words with our song. And all of us in listening. Exactly. It's time for our second break. So listeners, take this time to email me or contact me, call the station, uh, connect with me on my social media, Pinterest, and uh, find Kate at kateamunger at gmail.com. We'll be back soon. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. If you think you've seen online TV before... 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back to Good Grief. Today I'm here with Kate Munger, founder of the Threshold Choir. And Kate, you know, I love that our conversation is continuing on the break. And then I have this this uh, little voice in the back of my head saying, oh, I want other people to hear this. So we were, we were talking on the break about um, somehow the sense that when you start something relatively later in life, uh, which I've done with this show and you could relate to with the choir, it feels as if you're kind of using everything you've learned, everything you are from all of the other experiences in doing that. Uh, that's a, a, I'd love to hear more about that in from your view. Yeah, well, uh, I have to say that the 15 years that I've been doing this work, the satisfaction of going to bed every night knowing that, you know, last night, say, a couple of thousand people were sung to and comforted and their families were comforted and a couple of thousand choir members were honored and um uh, delighted <laughs> by being able to offer what they cherish in their lives as a form of service through their voices gives me a kind of satisfaction that um, money can't buy. And I, I wake up every morning knowing, I may not know exactly what I'm going to do today, but I know I can feel that I'm on a path and that all I have to do is find where the next footfall goes and all of the rest is taken care of. That that feeling of being well utilized and having every skill and every attribute and every challenge that I've lived through bring me to this place is utterly thrilling to me. That's, that really uh, highlights something um, very important, too, which is kind of the sense of feeling that you're in the right place. Yeah. Doing what you're meant to be doing, yep. whatever whatever that means. I know that feeling. It's a wonderful feeling. It is, isn't it? Oh, I'm so glad there's one other person on the planet that, <laughs> that can feel that. 
<laughs> well, uh, interestingly, I found that people who have experienced uh, deep loss and then transformed out of it seem to have a greater than average likelihood of of having lives that feel that way. Uh, maybe because we take risks, you know, there's less to lose or something. I don't know, but um, I have noticed that with my guests. Yeah. You know, that sense of just being where you're meant to be or you really want to be. Um, and speaking of that, I know you're, you, you mentioned uh, briefly being on a threshold of your own in kind of shifting your work to an extent, working more with incarcerated people. And um, because that's also part of it, isn't it? No, knowing when you have to shift something a bit on the same path. Um, how did that come about for you? I needed uh, needed a way to develop leadership in the Threshold Choir so that as it grew, I'm not the only one holding holding it together. And that process has led ultimately to my retiring from being the creative director at the end of this month. And... Uh, turning my attention to things that don't involve quite so much organization and administration. Um, I have some private goals that I'm really excited about, uh, making note cards of my songs, uh, a CD and book of the songs that haven't been published yet. And one of the things I'm most excited about is a CD of honoring and celebration and birthday songs. You know, we don't, we, we allow our, in our culture, we allow ourselves to sing at Christmas and birthdays pretty much exclusively. So I want to maximize that and bring new songs to that realm um, so that when it's somebody's birthday, 25 people will call up and sing a song to them that is not the tried and true, which I won't even sing at this moment. Um, <laughs> Maybe uh, you could sing one of the other ones. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of really good birthday songs that have been written, and I'm writing a few new ones, and lots of people have um, showered new birthday songs on me, so I'm, I'm very excited about that. You know, that does bring something up that, I, uh, that I'm curious about. Um, one thing I've noticed being in in the choir and just observing singing is that it there's a very strong um, what will I say cultural component. The music that opens people can be very different. Absolutely. Um, and um, and yet you sing for anyone who asks. Um, do you find that you know, regardless of kind of where people are coming from, uh, the, the idea of the choir, that it's a cappella, that it's really about adding more and more voices, harmony, repetition, uh, has a tendency to open people in general, regardless of what music they might have been used to hearing in their lifetimes? I would have to answer that question with a yes, and I would have to temper it. Uh, I think it's really important to sing in a person's native language when that's possible. I think it's really important if someone has a deep religious faith that songs of that tradition are included. Um, and I think the cultural differences um, that it, 
that are represented in excuse me in the United States, for instance, it's really important to recognize that not every song is going to be successful with every at every bedside. So a lot of sensitivity is called for. On our part, a lot of breadth in our repertoire is called for. Um, we have songs in Spanish and Swedish, uh, Indonesian, Japanese, Cambodian, Mandarin, Vietnamese. Um, not a lot in each language, <laughs> but yeah. but so, you know we have a song in each of those languages. In Spanish, we might have eight or nine, and a growing repertoire of songs in Spanish. Um, and we, like we said before, balance familiar traditional songs with songs that are new to everybody. I can imagine that being sort of once once you sing in someone's familiar language, uh, then their ears are open mm-hmm. in a different way. Do you find well, that's true? Yeah, and what what is their language is really different. Um, different translation in a way. Um, An example of that is I sang for a man named Andy who had been the ticket person at NBC Studios for the Perry Como show. And so he knew all of the songs that my grandmother and I treasured when I was a little girl by Perry Mm. Como. Mm. So I got to go back to YouTube and recordings and learn a whole bunch of new ones so that Andy and I could sing together. Um, because he loved singing as much as he loved listening, so that was a, in a way, you know, addressing his native native musical um, needs. That's interesting. My one of my first jobs, I was a teenager, was taking my guitar and singing at nursing homes, and it was not always, you know. Yes, we brought out the hymns, but sometimes there'd be some kind of, you know. A popular song that just was embedded in somebody, and they would love to hear it so much. Yeah. So that's similar to what you're talking about. That it just, you know, opens opens that place in you that's young when you hear something you've known that long. That's right. And I'm I'm dedicating this CD, Walking Each Other Home, to someone who gives me that experience, Ronnie Gilbert of mm. the Weavers. And I heard Ronnie's voice first when I was eight years old at Girl Scout camp, or Brownie camp even, and um, 55 years ago. And now, uh, two years ago, Ronnie and I were able to sing at a bedside for a mutual friend. So that, that takes me back to what we were talking about earlier, that, that this living in, on this path gives shape and meaning to things that seemed random and disparate. What a what an incredible full circle, huh? I know. I know. 55 years apart. She was one of the people I first listened to as well and and learned weaver songs. I remember I had a weaver song book, so yep. I share that in common in common with you. Yeah. So um what I what I feel with you is a great sense of trust and excitement with whatever comes next. Would that be fair to say that you're embarking on something new, but but not entirely, and that you're just 
excited to skip another step forward. I am very excited to be relying on my my own devices again um, and to find where uh, the new songs are going to come from. Um, I just wrote a tune for the that Rumi quote that we started this hour, this precious hour with. So I know that the songs are going to keep coming um, and I'm excited to bring them more and more to folks who are incarcerated. Um, my, my goal is to create community with inmates and outmates so that when someone who is an inmate has finished their time, there's a choir that they know from their uh, singing, you know, they're, they're, there's a community of people they know from their choir that will um, surround them when they're out. And I would love to see our culture honoring the people that have completed their um, sentences and finished finished their time in jail. And I'd like to see us singing them out when they're released. And I especially would like to see our culture honoring those times when we as a as a people have made terrible mistakes and have incarcerated people who are innocent. And I'd love to be able to sing them out and back into a community that welcomes them. Mm. I, it reminds me of a story of a place in Africa, unfortunately I don't know the place, where their justice system is that everyone in the village makes a circle and the person sits in the middle and they tell that person who's committed something against the community why they're important. Oh, wow. And when they're done with the circle, that person is welcomed back into the community. And if they do something else, they repeat the process. <laughs> repeat till till <laughs> Repeat time. until it works. Yeah, I just think that's so beautiful. That's so, really lovely. Isn't it? Um, so let's hear Walking Each Other Home as our, uh, we're almost out of time, sadly. Um, and I think that fits so well with what we're talking about. Let's play that right now. We are all just walking each other It makes me cry. Well, then we've done our job. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> Did, uh, is that uh, a song also by a choir, choir member? I wrote this. I wrote the tune, and Ramdas, bless his heart, Ramdas wrote the the uh, quote. It, there no no other words are needed, huh? No, I think it pretty much says it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it really helps us be better people when we recognize that we are, that's our job. We're all walking each other home. Uh, thank thank you for walking with me through this hour, Kate. I, I really enjoyed myself. Thank you, Cheryl. I really appreciate your invitation. It's been lovely to be with you at this time. 
Me too. Listeners, next week, join me when I'm welcoming Marcy Baskin, elder care manager and family coach and author of Assisted Living, Questions I Wish I Had Asked. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.